Welcome to the How to Survive Breakdown podcast, everybody. My name is Parker, and I am uh, joined, as always, by the one and only Evan. Hello there. And today we're 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 bringing it back to the good old days when we weren't stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. Well, these albums are older than I am, mostly. Yeah, that's the that. sad part. Is that yeah? So that when just for the... context, Barker is twenty. I'm twenty seven. Yeah. These came out when I was seven, and six, and eight, six, yeah. seven, and eight. Yeah. They're, half of the albums we are going to talk about today are older than I am. Woohoo! <laughs> I know. Uh, before that though, we did actually see each other again in person. Because we went to another concert together. We went to... Yes, uh, it was... Banks Arcade. Thornhill. Holding Absence. Dayseeker. Not Dayseeker. Sorry. Not Dayseeker. Holding Absence. The Plot in You. Yes. <laughs> However, the morning of the show, I decided to browse Twitter for three minutes. One of the first things I see is that Holding Absence has a message all of the people going to the uh, Toad's Place show. It says they had travel issues that they could not get rid of and thus were unable to be at the first show of the Plot and You Divide tour. Which would just so happen to be the the one that we're going to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I, I cried. I didn't actually cry, but I I mentally cried my cried eyes on the inside. out. Cried on the inside. Um, it, it's it, they were literally half the reason I went. Um, <laughs> but actually, funny enough, I have all of the merch that is now laundered freshly, so I can actually show it on the video part. Um, I got the Plot and You tour shirt, which looks absolutely incredible. One of my favorite tour shirts I've seen, I think. Yeah. Usually I'm not a fan of tour shirts, so... Uh, I got a Banks Arcade long sleeve shirt. And also talked with them. They were really, really cool about it. And I got a Holding Absence sweatshirt, which I love so much. It's such a good sweatshirt. I haven't worn it yet. Because I, I don't want to. Because but... it's been seventy, like 60 degrees here, so... Yeah. No, it... It hasn't been incredible weather for hoodies. Yeah. So, um, basically, I only had half a reason to be there, which was the plot in you. Banks Arcade was still solid, uh, to like for a reason to go to, but they they were. I just knew learned about them in middle like December. Like yeah, November December. Um, so I really haven't had much time with them, and the only time I've really had with them is their latest album, which was still good, just not... It didn't stick with me. Like, the first mm-hmm. listen was like, okay, this is good. And then the second listen was like, okay, I actually don't like this. Um, but, honestly, live performance-wise, it was a lot riffier than I remembered, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit myself. Um, Parker will oh, probably yeah. rave about the bands in a second. Um, I'm just getting my time in really quick. Thornhill was good, 
They played a lot of older stuff that I didn't know, and I didn't remember any of the songs they played from their latest album <laughs> because <laughs> I haven't gone back to that in a long time. I didn't like their last album as much. I just felt it was like, okay, it's just kind of here, uh, <laughs> whatever. But they were still really cool to watch and really interesting to watch. Um, so, yeah, I I mean, I'm a little bit more higher on those ones. Uh, now Parker can rave about those two bands, and we'll talk about Plan You in a second. Oh, yeah, no. So, I yeah. Um, so, for anybody who's been listening to this this show since its inception, basically, I've had a well. I we haven't really talked about it all that much. We talked about it on the first episode. I love the Banks Arcade album from last year, Future Lovers. It's a banger. I love it. Um, basically, every song there is it, it's really cool, like vibey, like metal. I yeah, really like. It's just, it's so good. I, 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 I'm, I, I kind of struggle to put into words how, kind of what they do. Um, but on a certain level, I feel like the album cover describes it very well, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like what the contents of that album are is ver- described very well by the cover. Their um, most recent album, right? Their most recent album, yes. For Banks um, Arcade. I, yes, from Banks Arcade. Um, there, however, I, in preparation for the show, I did go and listen to their previous two EPs from Ooh. 2018 and 2020, respectively. What about um, the 2019 album? Oh, no, they haven't, sorry. My bad. Uh, so we're talking Banks Arcade. Yeah. Thornhill does, well, I, I do have, I do have things to say on that, but, um, and those were great EPs too, and they played a couple songs from, uh, probably, their, their two biggest songs, I believe, from their previous EP. Um, which was also great. Um, like w- they played "Sick" and they played "Drown." "Drown" is obviously excellent. I really enjoy "Sick." Um, I also really enjoyed um, "Wilt" off of that project. Um, it was a good time. Like just kind of the it, it's a it's a very similar aesthetic to what they were doing with "Future Lovers." Um, kind of the the riffy, vibey, alternative metal type of type mm-hmm. of stick. It's great. Um, Honestly, sorry to jump in here. I'm looking at the yeah. art cover now, and yeah, like their album really is like that yellow, red, green, and blue. Like you, right, you're yeah, gonna get like, a mixture yeah. of everything, right? Like, and that really is actually like, from what I can remember, it really was that like you've got that classic metal track. It's mm-hmm. got the riff. It's got that chorus that's catchy. You've got the they, really they bass, metal, really bassy. Sorry, yep, you've got the really alt metal, like alt alt metal song. Yeah. You've got the rap song in there. You've got the heavier song for those heavy chunky parts. And you've got the lighter side too. Like it's like a very everything in one bag in thirteen. There's a bunch of different flavors on that album. And And I will respect that like this album was very diverse compared to a lot of the metalcore I listened to over twenty twenty two. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. Um, but anyways, I could talk about that album. I do want to talk about Thornhill though, because not only did they put on a great show, but they got me to listen to their previous album, The Dark Pool, that was in 2019, which I think is what you were talking about before. Yep. Um, and it, it's easily my favorite of the the two Thornhill records, easily. Okay, um, that's um, 
because it it feels obviously heroin it's not like it wasn't riffy it is riffy it still is riffy um i forgot how riffy it is in parts actually mm-hmm. um and they actually sound more similar than i initially anticipated it being because I, I i had heard of this album being more more like standard metalcore type of sound and it does but the it feels like it, it feels it feels chunkier if that mm. makes any sense it feels chunkier while still keeping kind of that etherealness about the lead singer's voice and atmospheric um, kind of the atmosphere yeah at- exactly atmospheric like elements that heroin i think did really well um but it basically just makes it heavier like just by the the, the slightest of bits and i think it's i think it's great um already the first three tracks um views from the sun uh nurture and the haze um they played i think all three at the I show i think they also did yeah um they they played four songs off that album they played the they played um where we go when we die which is their biggest song as far as i can i love that song um, by the way it's so good like, um it, live version that that shocked me a bit i was like oh yeah are we listening to the yeah. same band that I said I didn't like at all? Right. Because yeah, no, the, that, the, that's... I immediately went and bought their CD of the album, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that song is especially fantastic. Um, but I'm personally really partial to Views from the Sun. Um, some great riffs on that track. The the last chorus where he it kind of switches up the lyrics and the vocals a little bit. Um, and he like he brings in the screams at the end, like the last line of the song. It hits super well. Um, I love that track a lot. Um, also, the haze grew on me a lot from first listen, just because it's kind of the... It has a similar vibe to Banks Arcade, and like the vibey, like the synthy kind of... It has some real synthy sections, like some pulsating, like... In the back of, you know, certain parts of the track. And I hits that perfect spot it's great mm. um also i do want to, to last thing i want to give that album credit for is that it's probably one of the, my favorite album arts already yeah we time. were talking about it. it at the show yeah. the fact that so first of all i didn't notice the man in there until now really <laughs> well no because at, at the show i couldn't see the man oh yeah it yeah, was yeah. plastic covered by with dim lights and Right. Anyway, yeah. it's a man walking with a torch um, through different vortexes of, pa- like, paper vortexes that look like they've been ripped up and put on a piece of paper to, like, make curves yeah. with a space background. And honestly, it looks so fucking sick. It's not one of my favorites, but it looks so fucking sick. I feel like it should have been called the Dark Tunnel because it looks like it's a guy like in a cave. Yeah, that's exactly what it's it it supposed yeah. to be, but it's called the Dark Pool. So I don't well, know. Anyway, I thought um, it, for whatever reason I thought it was the Dark Tunnel. I thought it, they named it the Dark Tunnel. So funny and, enough, and I looked at the album on both on the CD and on Spotify, and I was like, well, no, it really is just the Dark Pool. <laughs> um, but no, like just the the colors on it, the yeah, kind of the it just looks great. I love it. So, because Holding Absence wasn't there, 
I'm going to quickly talk about the fact that Crooked Melody is one of my favorite songs of this entire year by a mile because I've had it on repeat like every day at least once. Um, Hell yeah. I've played it eight times, if not more. <laughs> um, in the first day alone, I played it five times with reactions in there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I love it. I know we're going to go retro with this this um, episode. But I just want to mention that, like, holding absence continues to hold my heart with them every step mm-hmm. of the way. No matter what Lucas can sing about, I'm just like, yeah, okay, I- I'm I'm here for I'm it. Here for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the plot in you. So, funny enough, I told you so, Parker, because he said, I I said. So when are we gonna get that? Uh, could could you watch Children Burn song on this on this tour? He's like, yeah. There's no chance of that. No, I said there's no chance of him playing solo stuff. Oh, sorry. There was no chance of playing solo stuff, and there was a small chance of yeah old stuff. Unfortunately, we didn't get any of the Landon solo stuff, which I so want him to do. Landon, if you're ever gonna listen to this episode, please play an old song on on a plot in you tour. I know it doesn't fit the vibe fully, but please do. <laughs> um, they actually played... Uh, they played Trolls from Could You Watch Your Children Burn. Uh, let me see if I can get the actual... Um, the set list, because... They it was also... Um, it started off with Divide and some Swan Song stuff. So they played Divide... They did, they did some Dispose, they did Troll... Then they did. A, I think they had a couple. I found a it. couple of happiness and self destruction tracks in there, and then they finished it off with. Um, well, yeah, feel yeah. nothing was the encore. Yeah, it was um, divide, fall again, enemy paradigm, and then I love the uh, they did left behind, which was released after the end of their last tour. Um, yeah. It was really good live. Um, rigged not just reading the one you loved all from dispose um i honestly loved rigged it's probably one of my favorites on that track <laughs> honestly funny enough the opener and the closer are like two of my favorite tracks on that one um yeah rigged they played is really good. troll time changes everything which i think was another one off that that's happiness i think happiness and self-destruction let's see let's see but i'm probably wrong yep it is it is and then they also did take me away uh i love that song i love the message behind it um and then we got a new fucking plot in you song we were the first people to hear that shit which look i know bands do live debuts of stuff and then eventually it just comes out on spotify it's so fucking cool to be the very first people to ever hear something because we can be the like, yeah, no one else gets to hear this fucking shit. And mm-hmm. oh my God, was it a callback to happiness and self-destruction? Could you watch your children murder? It was chunky. It was it's heavy. So chunky. It was disgusting. And it's probably going to be up there in my list of like, okay, we have new plot in you. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy. It, it easily beats out left behind for me personally yeah All right. um like, i it, depending on what it sounds like on the record yeah 
it might beat out the other two. Um, and then it did um, face. I'm unsure, um, I'm unsure if it beats out Divide for me already, but I think just, even just based off of sound and, and what we heard yeah. then, I think it already beats out Left Behind, mm-hmm. personally. Uh, and then we have Face Me. Um, what? What happened Why after I Face Me? They didn't end on Face Me. No, they ended on Disposable Fix, which of course is obviously oh, just like the absolute banger of the bangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the breakdown yeah, and that then hits. Feel nothing, because it wouldn't yeah. be a new show if they didn't play Feel Nothing. And that's okay, because it's a great song. Oh, so. <laughs> um, Disposable Fix is honestly, I love the drop in the middle of the song. It just, the first time I heard mm-hmm. it, I just sat there with chills. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have this term repeat for a while. Um, and of course, feeling nothing. Uh, Plot and you, one of those bands that like I would be happy to go see at any point. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, this week, Parker is not going to the show I'm going to. I'm going to go be seeing Bleed From Within, The Devil Wears Prada, and August Burns Red with the August Burns Red 20th anniversary tour. Uh, which will probably play a lot of their stuff from the latest album. And so one thing that I don't know if I'm going to do or not, the very first time that I went to a metal concert was Warped Tour 2014. Yeah, the summer of 2014. And one of the acts I saw and was really excited about was the Devil Wears Prada because they were one of the bands that I first found didn't like at first and then began to love them uh and i decided to crowd surf because i said fuck it let's be ambitious as hell and i had so much fun with that shit and i actually crowd surfed i had a blast with it i'm very tempted to make my second ever crowd surf be devil wears prada again (laughs) very tempted part of me is like maybe um anyway i'm gonna have a good time with it Bleed From Within is still good. Uh, I wasn't the greatest fan of their last album, but it was still solid. Like, it was, like, very riffy metalcore, which... Riffy metalcore with Devil Wears Prada and August Burns Red, so it's, like, all riffy metalcore. Um, And, of course, if they have deluxe versions, deluxe finals of Color Decay, immediately I am going to buy one without question and i will hold it and i will cherish it i will never let anyone go i'll let them take my wallet my credit card my license i've got color decay deluxe album that's all i need (laughs) um so anyway it is now time to jump into the retro stuff so we we have six albums in total that we decided to go over um i want to jump to the very end of our technical list first because there is um relevance to what recently came out by the way this is uh april 11th so we are a few days late on when we're recording but that's because of the concert and stuff so uh i want to jump into lincoln park and their second ever album meteora which this past friday just got a 20th anniversary edition which is 89 songs in five hours and one minute long now, I'll tell you right now, neither of us will ever listen to the full thing in one go. Absolutely not. <laughs> I love this band to my 
core. And I will enjoy all of the like demos and the remixes and the instrumental things. I'm not a fan of live Spotify recordings. Just it's just not my thing. I would rather right. go watch like, a video of it or like listen on YouTube to something that's live. Um or just listen to the song cuz yeah, or <laughs> if listen you're not to the song. Be there live, it kind of um, loses a lot of the edge for me personally. Yeah. Uh so let's talk about the actual original album which is 12 songs and how long is it that's a good question 36 minutes i think 36 minutes yeah let's see well the bonus edition is 46 minutes but if you take out three six nine yeah about that so yeah uh it is yeah, uh, sorry, 13 songs, 36 minutes. I'm going to let Parker talk first because I can sit here all day and talk about this album and this band, as always. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm probably going to come, I, I might end up coming off on this more negative than I actually feel. I like this album. It's good. Um, Once again, it's something that struggles to hit as much of a hit as much of a chord with me as it feels like it should um because obviously you know people people love this band case in point um mm-hmm. and it feels like it, it it feels like something that i'm like yeah this is good i don't love it and i feel like i should love it and part of me wants to love it and for whatever reason i don't love it i like it <laughs> um there are some great songs on here, though. Um, obviously, "Numb" the the closer is a fucking classic. Uh, it's you know it, it in its one point two six billion streams. Um, but I I um, stuff like "Faint" especially I loved "Faint." Um, "Faint" I really liked. "Breaking the Habit" I liked. Um, what was it? Don't Stay was good. I enjoyed Don't Stay a lot. Um, you know, I don't have a ton to, I don't have a ton to say. I'll I'll leave that to to Evan. But like, I can absolutely see this growing on me, and I want this to be able to have that type of effect that it has on other people. You know, so the biggest thing that I think like you said was that like I want to love this as much as like Evan does. You've said that on quite a few things, and also for me as well. So, like, for me, like, Invent Animate was that big example that for me this year, where I was like, I enjoy this a lot. Shade of String is still one of my favorite songs on this album by a mile. There is something about it that is not clicking with me right now that is making this become an easy, like, 9.5, 9.6, whatever rating like easy top 10 guaranteed no matter what without question um mm. for me so i have a uh, hybrid theory at a 9.8 i put this as a 9.8 as well because i personally think that i love both of these records equally and if you put me at gunpoint i would probably just pick meteora because whatever fuck all i would just pick it um <laughs> but in another point i would say hybrid theory so, yeah, you've got two different parts of me that would be like, 
well, this one, now this one. Um, honestly, I don't think that there's a moment in this album where I say, okay, I need to move on from this song. Um, if anything, figure point, point zero nine. I don't remember that song as much, but I really enjoy the progression of this album as like sort of like a dumbbell where the beginning is like very heavy and then you lead into faint which is more their like classic sound and it starts to like go down a little bit go down a little bit go down a little bit and from the inside goes right back up just a little bit and nobody's listening also kind of goes there but then it goes back down to that classic session into numb um just like classic Linkin Park sounds. Um, when, I, when I say classic sounds, I just mean the Linkin Park standard formula that is very simple melodies, simple drum beat, simple everything, the lyrics, simple, understandable lyrics that Chester is talking about with his family and his childhood and his past. Um, and some from Mike Shinoda as well. So... I think this album, the biggest thing for me is that lyrically, I I looked more into this back in the day. And this album talks a lot about Chester's past and about his mother's abuse towards him uh, verbally and and emotionally. Um, and so this album, I think, hits just a little bit more. While I enjoy the like, instrumentals of Hybrid Theory a little bit more, I think lyrically, Meteora really does that for me, where I... Just I'm like saying they're like, shit. Chester went through so much fucking shit, mm-hmm. and he says it. And it's a very standard metal album, if you want to consider it metal. It's more rock, if anything. But th- this album really lets Chester loose on his lyricism because in Minutes to Midnight, it he dials it back in terms of like the heavy and then they start going into the more classic rock sounds well sorry classic rock lyricism with alt rock sounds for the next uh one two three albums and then one more light hits and we'll talk about that whenever the fuck we get there that album is one of their most perfect albums ever and i absolutely hated it the first time i listened to it and didn't realize how perfect that album is by a landslide. Um, Parker, if you don't like that album, you're fucking banned on Discord. <laughs> I'm being kicked off the podcast. Genuinely, like you cannot hate that album in any regard when you start to understand what exactly that album is. Also, the song One More Light itself just hits you with like a fucking truck and makes you want to cry. Uh, my mom refuses to listen to Linkin Park because she still can't. Because it's been five years, but for her, that's still way too hard to listen to that voice. Yeah. And at times, it actually is hard for me to listen to his voice and realize he's not fucking here. Right. And it actually just sucks sometimes. Um, for me, like if I had to just go by what the, like the singles were in terms of like the most popular ones, um, like Faint, Breaking the Habit, and Numb. 
I actually think Breaking Habit might be my favorite because back in high school, I actually did, I had an AP music theory class and I had to do a project on a song about the structure of a song. And I had to pick a song that was A, with no swears or and B, appropriate for school. For someone who just got into metal recently, that was a very limited pool of songs that I could actually find and pick between. So I decided Linkin Park Breaking the Habit because it was a very simple song and not complex. It was a very cool project in the end. Um, it was just very awkward for me to have to be like, okay, so I couldn't pick half the songs I actually wanted to. I started that off my project off with that. My music teacher laughed a little bit at that one because <laughs> I was like... So half my songs are inappropriate for school. It's like, yeah, you can't pick those. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, um, honestly though, I'm kind of just rambling. I love this album. This is exactly the Lincoln Park I wanted in terms of like their entire discography. I think one other album may get close to this point, but sorry, two others. But one, two, three other albums will not get close to what Meteor is to me. And the 20th anniversary really expands on that world to me. And I really appreciate that so much from the Linkin Park band members for scraping up all of these live shows. All of these sessions that they made back in 2002 and 2003 that never made the light of day. Like, the thing is that, like, how secure must your files be to never get leaked in any regard for this stuff? Like, yeah. it none of this ever got leaked. All these songs, Lost, or other songs, they kept them in close grip. All these other bands get their stuff leaked, like, left and right. Meanwhile, Linkin Park's like, yeah, we're just going to lock this up. You're never going to touch it. If you say anything, you're fucking dead. I bet you some of the people who worked on these projects back in the day and left are dead now because they don't get to, if they ever leaked anything, oh boy, they'd be done. <laughs> I, I don't even want to imagine how how difficult it must be to have to go through and listen to all of these two and to work on them. Oh no, 100%. Or they probably were crying. Thing. And like yeah, having yeah, so many I, depression I sessions. I don't even want to imagine. Like literally have your therapist there with you, crying with you. Like especially like live versions, I feel like. Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah. Okay. But so anyways. That is Lincoln Park Meteora. Th that's gonna be probably the highest note uh for the entire episode. I wanted to start us yeah. off with that because um we wanted to just talk about it because it was also the 20th anniversary edition. That came out. It's a great combination of current and, and historic yes. events. <laughs> and now we're going to go really old school. We're going to talk Real about Under Oath and the changing of times, their debut album from February 26th, 2002. This album has, Oh my God. Why am I not remembering this? Why, why do I not look this up beforehand? Why do I not write this down? <laughs> 10 songs, and it's 35 minutes long. So, I have known about Under Oath since 2011, 2012, I would say. I found them through something I'm not going to mention here because it's a podcast. 
I found them through a very interesting way of finding them. Um, <laughs> I think Parker remembers, but I don't think I do. But anyways, Good. we'll we'll save that for after the record. The recording. So the biggest thing for me was that I grew up on their 2004 album. They're only chasing safety, and I could play this album <laughs> left, right, down, up, middle, any day of the week, any time of the year. I love this album. I love songs from this album. I have them in my playlist. I've had them in my playlist since 2015, period. Spotify playlist, that is. Um, I made an Under Oath Radio because I loved their original stuff and some of their older stuff, too, or from um, Define the Great Line. And um, so when I went back to this album for the first time, never actually, never actually listening to it before... I honestly didn't know what to expect. And I think the biggest thing that I told Parker was that this is definitely a debut album from the band Under Oath. Um, I enjoyed parts of this, and it wasn't that bad. But for me, it felt like just like the standard screamo that you heard back in the mid-2000s, early 2000s, mid-2000s. And it wasn't that interesting to me. Um, there were parts of it that were good. Angel Below, The Best of Me, and Short of Daybreak were three highlights like in a row. I was like, okay, these were actually good together. Um, sorry, my cat is trying to... I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> she's being fluffer. Um, fluffer being fluffer. And so I I just wasn't the biggest fan of this because it's not what I want from the band, I guess. Or maybe I just don't like this version of the band. I don't know. Um, this definitely sounds very low-produced in general. I mean, like... Mm -hmm. Look, I'm going to be honest, part of the issue is that, like, the production varies, sounds very... Sounds like it's from 2002. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, the bands couldn't get much then anyway, even yeah. if, like, they're, like, staple albums. They still sound like they're from 2002. Um, so... <sighs> uh, I, okay. Yeah, it's just, like... It's okay. It's just right. not, like, what I want. Mm -hmm. Now, here's Parker with well, the super negative. I, I can tell you right now that this isn't what I wanted either. Um, and so, I admittedly, I'm not a huge Under Oath guy. I, I haven't listened to a ton of their projects, but I, like, like Boyer's, I didn't really care for. I still don't really care for it. It's fine. Um, but that type of that brand of post-hardcore doesn't really like it's eh. it gets better and, what it gets better it gets better the next God, two albums from them are spectacular and it, i swear it gets better um L look i've had i hadn't heard this debut and i rated it a six yeah. okay i mean fair um well i rated it a 3.8 because i think it's not <laughs> not great um, it started off on probably the worst note it could. 
the whatever whatever the intro to when the sun sleeps is um i don't want it it's not it i don't want it get it out the fact that it's almost six times it, it it's the it's the most streamed song almost six times over is i'm not even sure that's an actual sentence but anyways the point is the fact that it's been streamed as much as it has is insane to me i cannot understand why you would want to listen to that ever <laughs> um the rest of the song is okay but like the the first 45 seconds of makes me want to punch a wall um, you also cut out there a lot so it was very funny um yeah now the rest of the song is fine but the the it's okay but the the intro the 45 seconds or whatever however long it is of just whatever the fuck <laughs> does not do it for me um and the rest of it is kind of feels like standard screamo slash melodic hardcore type of you know type beat that left no impression yeah so i don't I really like it, it. like I, I totally really understand to be honest. To. So, yeah, I'm just <laughs> jumping right into the negativity today because I got, I got plenty of it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you do have a lot of negativity based on your ratings. Um, like it could be worse. Like, Everything it, could be it could be a bad. lot worse. And also, you did start off with one of their most mid albums, yes. their most recent one, and then their debut album so you really yeah. got the short end of the stick with what you started because yeah. um was it like avenge sevenfold was like you started with their most recent single, started with was, no with yeah nobody or whatever it's called i don't even remember what it was called because it's that forgettable i i think it was nobody it was like a six-man song yeah it was and long it as was hell very bad yeah nobody yeah it was dog shit well, to be honest, Peter, we, have an album album. we have an album, an album announcement for that. Okay. On June second, I think I mentioned that to you, but okay, sure. Um, uh, which you know, I was actually, I was going through and putting some songs on album of the year, and like doing track lists that are rateable and stuff, and I was doing some of the Avenged Sevenfold albums, and all of their songs are long as hell, and I know it's yeah. not going to be any. I know it's probably going to be far and away better in quality than what nobody was yes but oh 100%. god <laughs> there, one, one song was 15 minutes 39 seconds okay the closer, i will I not listen the, to that song it was the closer to what the the what was their 2016 called fuck i don't know oh the 2016 anyway, oh the it's gonna is. be bad um anyway so we have avenge sevenfold now speaking of with their debut album, Sounding the Seventh Trumpets, which was released March 19th, 2002. Okay, I'm going to be the really negative one here. I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I just didn't like it. Um, yeah. Look, I know I talked about the fact that the earlier stuff is really good. I hadn't heard this album. I haven't really <laughs> heard much of their original stuff. I've heard like some of like the classics, but not a lot to really warrant right. me saying their older stuff is better, which when we get to it, we'll get to it. 
I liked one song on this. It's 13 songs long. It's 52 minutes. The only song I liked was Warmness of, on the Soul. That was the only song that kept this from going to be a two. Oh. I didn't like it. I rated it a four. It was, again, production, 2002 production. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't like it. It just didn't leave yeah. that much of an impression on me. Uh, similar to Under Oath with Par- with Parker. Um, yeah, it just. I mean, it was like it was okay at times, but a lot of it really. Sorry, a lot of it really didn't stick with me. Um, I just think that like the. I guess the vocal delivery really puts me off because. The, look, the vocals, clean-wise, are absolutely incredible. I love them. Mm-hmm. I've always loved the clean vocals in Avenged Sevenfold. They're one of the coolest things. Um, the the, vo- the vocals are very unique, and that's what I really like about it. But the switch be- to the screaming, which isn't that good, really puts me off of uh, this album heavily. And they heavily use the screams a lot more than the cleans. And it pushes me into like, okay, this is not that interesting and not that good in comparison to the other stuff I listened to this week. Like the other th- four albums that we're going to talk about, or the three albums that use screaming, were better than the screams in this one. So that's mm-hmm. just my thoughts on it. Yeah. I, w- I honestly was kind of surprised that I came in higher on this than you did which i because uh, it, it seems like more i i feel like it would it seems like more your type of thing than exactly. it is That's, again um, this feels like it should be something i like but right. it's not and it's, it's not yeah um I, I i didn't mind this this is this is pretty solid in my in my eyes um i didn't i couldn't really point out like a highlight to you but uh, overall, I thought it was just really solidly well put together, um, like metal metalcore type of uh, type of stuff. Like the, I, I didn't have any issues with the streaming as you were talking about. Um, I thought the you know the vocals were there, but they were, I they were good. I didn't have any major issue with either the the screams or the cleans. Um. Like there were a couple, you know, there were riffs throughout the album that I was like, okay, this, you know, this, this, uh, this is good. Um, honestly, probably the biggest thing holding it back for me was that it got split up over the, over different sections of a car ride, of the car ride down to the the concert on Friday. Um, that that's probably the biggest thing holding it back, honestly. Um, just because it got split up over like two and a half hours <laughs> yeah like which is how it goes i didn't really but you know it, i i absolutely would be willing to go back to it um if it was something that i was feeling yeah so like overall we're both just kind of like it's there yeah um the next one is kill switch engage and their second album Alive or Just Breathing, released May, uh, May 21st, 2002. We previously listened to uh, their debut album, 
from 2000, uh, kills their self-titled debut album. And for context, I gave Killswitch Engage, uh, the debut one, a 6.8, and Parker gave it a 7.6. So I was comparing it to that rating itself, and I, in, in the end, gave it a 7 because I actually enjoyed it a bit more than their original one. Um, I think the use of clean vocals and basically uh, Jesse Lynch realizing that he has clean vocals he can use and they're actually really nice clean vocals really helps sell me on this album. I think overall, a lot less songs were for me were memorable itself, but the album itself is solid. Uh, Number Days, Self-Revolution... My Last Serenade, Just Barely Breathing, and The Element of One were the five songs I clicked like on. However, this was also an album that I kind of listened to over time, and uh, I clicked like on songs that I thought of in the moment, but quite a, um, it just like, I would have to go back to it and really listen to it to really think if I actually enjoyed it like as much as I rated it. I rated it as a seven. Um, I think it's definitely better. And I think the clean vocals throughout all the songs are really, really good. The unclean vocals are still fine. Just, I like really enjoy the clean vocals a lot more. So mm-hmm. I looking at my rating of the, the previous of their, of their self-titled, I am kind of surprised that it dropped off that much comparatively. And I'm not entirely sure why, because this felt just as solidly put together and and done as their first project was. And I think part of that might be just there weren't, well, you know, while it's, well, it's obviously well-made, maybe there just weren't as many like parts that stood out to me as the previous album yeah um and that that's that's probably the biggest part of it because i i think everything they they took everything from their self-titled and either built on it or like you know or kept it similar and i just remembered something i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt you mm -hmm. half the ending like half the songs in the last like five or six are from their debut album. That's why I didn't like this as much. I didn't like half the songs because half of them were from the debut. So V-Day Infra, uh, The Element of One, Temple From Within, I think that those are all three from their debut. Um, Temple From Within, V-Day Infra, V-Day Infra. um, And yeah. yeah. So, like, just, like, a couple of them were from that album, which kind of annoyed me, because I was like, wait, what the hell? Why are these not mm-hmm. here? <laughs> hey, what are these doing? Continue, sorry. Uh, but, no, I mean, honestly, that's about all I have to say about it. Like, it it makes me... I do want to give this a re-listen, because I feel like this is something... You, you know, this is... the I, uh, from what I've heard from other people, like Kill Switch is kind of one of the 
the pioneers of the modern, like a more modern metalcore sound. And it's their next album. Oh, when, it's their next album that does it. When Howard Jones joins the band, mm-hmm. you yourself are going to rate that like, like an eight, probably eight or higher. Okay. You will really start to enjoy it actually, because mm-hmm. Howard Jones voice itself is beautiful and wonderful to the scene. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, yeah. For the second debut, though, it's still very solid, and I would not mind following this band yeah. in general to see where they go with the sound itself. Um, obviously, I know what the sound goes to, yeah. but just for, like, if they were in this current day and age, I wouldn't mind going to, like, continue with this. Right. <sighs> All right. Jumping into the second to last one, we're going to talk about the band that probably everyone is excited for in this review. Mike and Michael Romance, in their debut album, I Brought You My Bullets, released July 23rd, 2002. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, all right. All, all the people who are ready to write comments or respond to us, uh, just know we are being honest. We are being open. I don't give two fucks what you say or what your history with the band is my history is i heard the black parade i've heard mama and that's about it mama has made the playlist for a while now the song itself mm-hmm. and that song's a really good song that's all i've heard i have not gone to any other albums or singles or anything else not even the foundations of decay the most recent single from last year I just never felt like listening to it. So I have no emotional involvement or emotional attachment to this band. Neither does Parker because quite literally their debut, I think, is as old as he is. I predate the this debut by two months. <laughs> yeah, so they is two months younger than Parker. <laughs> so yeah. I personally have no attachment to this. Um, but... This album was surprising to me because I know what the sound, I I know the sound of the Black Parade and Mama and like there's not a lot of screamo in it. This was very much like a metalcore screamo sound uh, or emo metalcore sound. And I was surprised by that. And then I was disappointed by it because it was boring and not that interesting to me. Sorry, haters, or sorry, lovers, but uh, I just, I, I just, let me see if I can find something that I actually enjoyed by it. Find uh, something to say. Okay, I actually liked four songs on here. Honey, this mirror isn't big enough for the two of us. Vampires will never hurt you. Our Lady of Sorrows and Skylines and Turnstiles. Everything else was just kind of mid, to be fair. The opener, I don't, I never like openers unless they are very good, or closers unless they are very good if they're like small little interludes. Uh, I think the exception for both of us is the Oceans of Alaska disparity interlude and the Dreamwake uh, interlude, little instrumental that they have in the, the album too. Oh yeah, what was it called? Ether on that Dreamwake Some, album? I there's it something is. in there that has saxophone, and I put it into the playlist i think it's ether that you're talking about yeah that is a good that is a good anyway 
other than those four songs, which to be fair, two of those are singles probably, uh, I didn't like this album. It just wasn't that interesting to me. It, I don't remember much of the other tracks. I don't really remember the singles that I actually liked or the songs I liked. Um, that's why this is a 5.5 for me. Uh, I just kind of was like, so, so the hype for this band is literally out of this world for how much this band brings hype. Tickets for this band sell out within 10 seconds every single time, no matter what. And it, so my expectations were like, okay, this is going to be really good. And it just kind of lowered my expectations exceedingly because wasn't interested in this so yeah that's what i gotta say this is one i honestly could see growing on me more than the others um the because there were a couple points where i i where while i was listening to this i was like okay like i can you know i can get down with this um but the there were also points where i basically completely spaced out and obviously it doesn't help that i was i was doing other things while listening to it which is never a good mix with me you'd, you'd think i would just figure it out and listen to stuff um separately but anyways um but yeah the the rest of it just kind of was there and i it just yeah it just doesn't make it for a super interesting album i probably have this I don't know. I could definitely see this growing on me though, because I I feel like it's a it's a solid it's a decent it's a decently solid start. Um. But I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I feel like I have a ton to say on albums this week, and it's added to the pile of it's fine, and I don't really have much to say about it otherwise. <laughs> well, one of the things that we talked about in private was that. Um, or I mentioned it that like how much shit do we have to scoop through to be able to find those little hidden gems in the midst of it all because mm -hmm. we have was it 700 albums in this document right now it's like 800 800 800 with 2023 in here we have 800 plus albums in here out of those we have a lot very few that are like nine plus maybe a total of like 40 each at best and by like by the end of our time even every year you're gonna find just a couple that like really stay up there um one example for me is future palace i left the relisting rating at a nine and i have yet to revisit it in a long time um i probably still enjoy the album just not a nine which is what I gave it on the second re-listen. Um, so, like, there are not many albums. And plus, bands have albums that are, like, very, like, mid or very bad or really, really good. Um, the Black Parade is going to be one of those for My Chemical Romance that is by and far their most popular and one of their best ones. And probably the expectation is going to be that. Or we just say, we don't like this band, period. And that's just what we don't like. Um, 
I think for you, Under Oath might become that band. Hopefully not. But, um, yeah. So I just wanted to comment on that, like, that, like, it's not just that, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, it's fine. It's just an addition to the fine bands or the fine albums. Right. That That's just part of, like, album making. Right. Well, and, but the, you know, I'm not expecting necessarily everything to, to be nines and tens obviously but i would hope that it at least leaves enough on a, of an impact on me to for me to give it a score and say i have something to say about this yeah you know i totally get that like, i want it to be good enough i want it to to be like you know the, the i have <laughs> i have something to say at all yeah. and uh, unfortunately most of the albums this week i really don't yeah like we're gonna get to that in a second. Especially um, apparent on this on the last project that we're gonna have, but one of that is very specific examples of having something to talk about is the week when we did um, uh, Nirvana. Yeah, and you had everything to say. I had nothing to say, mm-hmm. but I also had actually quite a bit to say because I had to talk about the reasons why I actually don't enjoy it, and they were actually valid reasons for my distaste towards it um and i actually went and listened to it thoroughly with like genuinely listening to it trying to actually figure out why i don't like it or am weirded Mm -hmm. out by it and i had good reasons and it's one of those projects that i'm just like yeah this isn't for me but for parker sure that's his project Mm -hmm. for me it's gonna be what we're gonna talk about next and for Parker, unfortunately, it's not. We figured out that he doesn't like power metal because we're going to talk about Dragon Force and their debut album, Valley of the Damned, which was released February 25th, 2003. This has mm, oh, 10 songs and it is 55 minutes long, if I'm not mistaken. Tell me I'm right. Come on. Let's come on. find out. Let's find out. Uh, 10 songs, 55 minutes? I swear. 10, 10 songs, songs, 57 minutes. minutes. I was really close. That's pretty good, though. That's when you know you've listened to this too much. Yeah. Uh, so... I I was... Yeah. Can I can I start with this? Because I'll, I'll be... You've got all the floor. Excellent. All right. So... Why do I dislike power metal? I don't know. I... I <laughs> Some whatever for whatever reason, something about this specific brand of music turns me off completely. I'm completely flaccid. <laughs> like, <coughs> with, oh my god! This type of music, um, because I, uh, uh, you know, it's like you, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just going to stop the analogy there. That's, that's I'm completely um, flaccid by power metal. Yeah. Um, what a not sentence. a quote you're probably expected to hear today. Anyways. That is the new um, title of episode 12. I'm just, power metal makes me flaccid. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, yeah, there's your quotable for the, for the week. Um, something about the just the it doesn't make me give a shit i don't care you with i would hope that i I want to care i don't care 
great excellent guitar solo in the middle of the song excellent they all sound cool they're doing incredibly technical things but i don't give a shit because at the end of the day it doesn't for whatever reason it doesn't make for an interesting song for me so i i'm very tempted to go through and rate i'm just tempted to go down the line of dragon force albums and give them all five please don't without even listening to them because i as far as i can tell at least i'll just i'll just say that um it sounds like they have a sound and they've stuck with it which is great i will great. give you that and that they don't means i'm not going to enjoy it <laughs> they don't break the formula too much mm-hmm. but slightly uh so like, this is one of my favorite bands this is my yeah. childhood band i can sit here and talk about the first four albums and how they're better than anything else that they've released since uh the departure of their former their former original vocalist i forget his name but i will not because uh herman lee is on twitch and he is wonderful and i love him and he has re- reignited my love for this band regardless of the new lead singer um this is definitely their debut album in terms of their overall project sounds. So what I mean by that is that like out of the four album, I'm just going to go with the first four albums. It's, um, Oh, I'm forgetting their names. Hold on. I'm thinking, thinking Valley of the Damned, Sonic, Firestorm, Inhuman, Rampage, Ultra Beatdown. I'm just going to do those four specifically. I'm not going to talk about their new stuff because that is all with a new singer and a new sound. Talking about the first four albums. Out of the four, this is my third favorite, with Ultra Beatdown being my least favorite because it's a very, just a very oddball album. There's some good songs on it, but just some, like the last two songs on the album and Heartbreak Armageddon just don't really sit with me well. Everything else is fine. Uh, Inside the Winter Storm, I just love that song. Valley of the Dam, though, look, I'm going to be honest. The intro, that 14 second intro, didn't need to be there. It could have been in Valley of the Dams. That was a waste of time. That was a waste of space on the album itself. Uh, I will completely agree if you, yeah. if you think that. Um, that was the biggest waste of 14 seconds of my life because the sound goes really, really high and then it drops to a very stagnant tone from Valley of the Damned because the recording was, okay, we're going to 98%, we're going to drop to 80 And it really pissed me off because I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Why is this so low? Either need to go gradually up to that level or Valley of the Damned need to jump to that level because that's what it should start at. Um, you know what? I, sorry, I'm going to interrupt real quick. I didn't, I didn't even realize that Invocation of the Apocalyptic Evil was a 14-second song. I listened yep. to it, and I listened to this album in class today. I didn't even realize that it was <laughs> it, like a 14-second intro. Yeah, so... um, That's crazy. The funny thing is, is that in terms of the Dragon Force formula, I enjoy it to an extent, but I really enjoy their slow ballads. Um, Starfire, Heart, and uh, When Dragons Rule. I mean, I know When Dragons Rule is not always um, the slowest of slow, and same with Heart of a Dragon, but those three songs specifically are the biggest highlights for me on this album. Uh, Valley of the Damned is really cool because of the like flip in the lyricism of it. Uh, 
Blackfire is really good. I enjoyed that song. Uh, the only songs I didn't fully enjoy, and to this day, I'll listen to them. I just won't remember them fully, are Revelations and Evening Star. Evening Star used to be really good to me, but over the years, it just kind of like died down on it. So I don't like it. I don't. Sorry, I don't love it, but I still enjoy it. It's still a Dragon Force song I'll still put on probably and be like, yeah, sure, whatever. This is on here. Fuck it. It's on. Um, for me, I really enjoy power metal. Uh, just I haven't gone much into it itself. I probably should go into it and see what other bands have copied the Dragon Force style and see what they've done with it <laughs> because they have a style and every band copied them probably because they got so popular from Guitar Hero 3. But for the sake of this review, overall, I think it's a really, really good album. If I were to make like a ranking list, this would be third. I think that this is still sounds as if it's from the early 2000s, even though it got remastered in this version of the album because that's what they have released on Spotify. Um, but I still think that this is a really nice version of it and it really amplifies some of the tones in some of the earlier material back when um back when I first found them Starfire um had a very like when it climaxed in the beginning it felt very mediocre when they remastered it it exploded it made the song so much better by a mile and that's why it's one of my favorites from this from the band itself um because in the original you can hear the climax you're like okay this is good in the remix you're like okay this is really good climax to the actual like intro of the song um also piano in a fucking power metal band i love it piano just period <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah that's my little rant about uh yeah. dragon force we'll get into them eventually uh in 13 albums eventually when we get to uh sonic firestorm that'll be in a couple years though because yeah. uh well a couple years in the document in the timeline i uh, say so you uh, you can you can take the power metal i'll take the noise rock we'll do yeah, that i'll be yeah yeah and you can take um the hardcore too i'll take yeah i'll take the hardcore punk you can take uh what can you take what else can you take classic rock or like punk rock i guess well um, i i guess yeah no yeah. Uh, actually no sorry post hardcore well i what i'm what i'm coming to discover is that post hardcore is a very very broad term <laughs> that can cover yeah. a lot of things post hardcore is like just like because like dayseeker is post hardcore gray haven's post hardcore like motherfucker what no, Dayseeker is. I just is considered like, Dayseeker melodic metalcore, which is basically what post-hardcore is. Okay. I feel like. Anyway, I think they're uh, to emphasize. I think they're labeled as a post-hardcore band. But okay. anyways, the, the so point the is, I, I'm coming to realize that it's post-hardcore as a broad term can be kind of something I'm iffy on. But there are multitudes of projects. There are a good amount yes. of projects labeled under that name that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, you next can week. power metal over there. I don't, I don't, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> so next week or early or later this week, 
uh, we have an actual week where we have a variety of projects to talk about. Um, There's more than two. <laughs> yes. So next week we are going to talk about the Fit for an Autopsy, Thy Arter's Murder, Malevolence uh, EP that they released, the Depression Sessions. Uh, I think it's number two or something. We're going to talk about that next week. We'll also talk about Wednesday and their album Rat Saw God, an indie rock album that Parker once again saw on albumoftheyear.org. Well, it was something I threw on there on a complete whim because the album cover looked kind of cool. <laughs> yes. Um, and I wanted something to put in for this week. We're also going to talk about, and these are going to be other bands that I added to from Alan Harrington on Twitter. Thank you, Alan. I love you so much. Um, he added, wrote, uh, this is a mixed bag of releases from the bands such as Metallica, Waterparks, Jesus Peace, Overkill, Atreyu, Dead Awake, and From Fall to Spring. I honestly... We have, we have, we have Jesus Peace? Jesus Peace is releasing an album? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know who they are. Uh, no, I, the, uh, the only reason I know that name is because I've had a couple... Well, I have, I think, their 2019 album on the dock because I was looking oh. for something to fill in. And okay. their... Um, no, was it was the 2020. I don't remember. The point is, they're on the dock somewhere. And I had someone recommend me them if I was looking for, like, kind of, like, uh, what have I been trying to say? I had someone recommend me them, basically. If, yeah. No. So, yeah, I will, um... Hold here. But we're going to add some of those. We're not going to add all of them because that would be seven, eight, nine different albums to listen to this weekend. And I'm going to be honest, even though I have April break this this week off, um, I'm not listening to nine albums on Friday. <laughs> I'll listen to maybe five or six. Um, Sorry, is there 2018? There's 2018 album. Only yeah. self. Uh, the, the week after, we just currently have Enter Shikari. I will see if there's anything new coming up for that. Um, But for right now, that also might be a retro week where we go back in time. Because I do want to go back a little bit more with some of the albums. Uh, I'm going to talk with you about that after. But for now, um, that will be the end of this episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you are watching uh, or if you're listening on Spotify or wherever in the world you are, give us five stars, like us, retweet, whatever, Twitter, YouTube. I I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go anymore. Um, I'm probably going to start posting this more places so that we actually get viewers because, you know, I'm only posting this on Spotify at the moment and we have zero viewers, but that's okay. Uh, We have fun with it anyway. We enjoy talking each week. Uh. Thank you guys so much for watching, and as always, have a wonderful morning, evening, or afternoon, wherever in the world you are. Goodbye. See ya.